like growing up you think you what you have is normal until society says that it's not normal hi this is alana i'm leaving a quick note about the conversation you're about to hear it was recorded in late february at rare disease week on capitol hill so we don't know that coronavirus is going to be a big thing yet um because of that it isn't going to be addressed in places where you would kind of expect it to be And also because of that, this was recorded on site. So you're gonna hear a few doors slamming and you're gonna hear something that sounds like some dishes breaking. I actually have no idea what those things are, Um, but we have a really cool conversation with Dan Pizzetta, who is a young advocate for rare disease legislation. And we hope you enjoy it. Hi, this is Alana. And this is Rebecca. And this is, wait, how do you spell that? A rare disease podcast by Patient Worthy. We are very excited to be at Rare Disease Week with a very special guest. Could you please introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Dan Pizzetta. I am a part of YAR. And what is YAR? YAR is the Young Adult Representatives of Rare Disease Legislation. And how exactly did you get involved with something like that? Oh, okay. So it's a little bit of a long story. Um, so I, I, I have aortic stenosis. So it's basically a congenital heart defect where... I was born without two of my four blood valves, uh, the aortic valves that pump blood to rest your body. It's funny is that's the very rare, uh, very rare aspect of it. But aortic stenosis in general is a very, the most common disease actually in elderly for heart disease. Mm. Just that's more of the clogation of um, the valves rather than the absence of them. So I've gone through a lot of surgeries since I was a little kid. I've had six surgeries in total. I've had, I have a scar down my chest all of that all the fun stuff mm-hmm. that comes with heart surgery um i got my blood pressure medication to slow down my heart because it tries to pump and my the replacement valves always get too small and everything uh-huh. but growing up i just i never really had um anyone like me or mm-hmm. a community that i really knew about so it was very surprising to when i first went to college i um, one of the first, uh, one of the things that is kind of good about, or not good, but in like an idea about my disability and disease is that besides my medication I take in every three to four hours, I take my blood pressure. I have to take my blood pressure. Um, I can hide it pretty well. Like mm-hmm. if I look tired, it just looks like I have low stamina. Like I can just play it off. You don't walk so, around with your shirt off all the time. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> upstate New York, it is too cold for that. <laughs> um, no, but so I was I wanted to be more open about it, but I didn't really know how. And I started watching these YouTube videos by um, Claire Wineland. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's how I found like the first parts of these communities. She spoke a lot about how I felt about myself and growing up, um, not knowing how much time I had growing up. Originally, I was told I had three years, then five, oh, 10, wow. 15, 20. I'm now 20. Uh, and the advancements of all the medicines and uh, the potential to have like a balloon valve now instead of a donor or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can live probably a whole normal life, normal age, uh, die normal causes. Um, and then I, I wanted to get involved um, shortly after her death. I felt like I had something to say and felt like I could stand up policy-wise to make a true difference. So I first got in contact with Global Genes, um, and then they referred me to uh, YAR and the Every Life Foundation. And that's kind of how it's uh, accelerated since then. I've been a part of the speaker, Speakers Bureau ever since. I've had a lot of amazing speaking opportunities besides mm-hmm. um, the one that we're about to do in about an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How long have you been a part of YAR? I've now been here for nearly two years. Awesome. Um, and within those two years, I've made so many close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first, um, first time that I'm on a... 
uh, Rare Disease Week on Capitol Hill, and I've gotten to meet a lot of the people for the first time, mm-hmm. um, which is something that's been great. Like, I've been able to contact them through, like, Skype and uh, the meetings that we've had online, but I've mm-hmm. never got to see um, the face. Aww. So being able to make that connection for the very first time is very special, and it makes me feel even more included in the community. Yeah. Wow. That's exciting. You said you uh, advocate through a policy angle. What sort of policy do you advocate for? Um, the policy that we're currently advocating for, um, I like to go through the organization's um, the organization's asks. So currently, we're asking for the Newborn Screening Act, mm-hmm. um, and we are asking. We're basically we're trying to push those forward and continue to get the re- the reauthorization of that. And then mm-hmm. also, we want the representation of rare disease in D.C. and throughout all the states. Mm-hmm. Um, 95% of rare diseases don't have any treatment or medicine yeah. at all. So it's very important to get it out there so that way people can get the proper treatments or medications that they need for their diseases that are desperate. I feel very fortunate that I don't need as much medication as other people, mm-hmm. but I I just feel like there's so much that we can do to make a true difference to mm-hmm. make people's lives um easier to live in terms of not having to worry about the pain or anything that goes along with their conditions. Mm -hmm. Hi, it's post-production Alana again. Um, I just thought I would jump in with a little bit about the Newborn Screening Act uh, because we mention it here and I think we should have a whole episode on it in the future, but uh, in case you weren't familiar with it, I'm reading from the Every Life Foundation website right now, but newborn screening detects rare genetic conditions at birth. It enables efficient diagnosis and access to treatments that can save lives. Newborn Screening Saves Lives Act governs newborn screening at the federal level. Basically, there are a lot of genetic conditions that if you screen for them at birth, it really improves your treatment access and treatment success. But some states have more conditions screened for than others. And uh, the act that people are advocating for would improve access throughout the country. Anyway, sorry for the short interruption. We're getting back to the conversation with Dan now. Yeah. And have you at this point had the chance to meet anyone uh, else with your specific condition? Or have you just met other people in the same space that you've had a connection with because of similarities and experience. Yeah. So I've never actually been able to meet someone else with my condition, specifically like being born with, uh, just not having the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of my things, um, all my procedures and all of my checkups, my MRIs, stress tests, everything there is done at children's hospital, of Philadelphia. And they've told me of other people that have similar experiences, like same condition, same everything, but I've never had the opportunity to meet them. Um, when going through YAR and getting to talk with a lot of people, it's really interesting to share. It's almost like sharing like what we went through or like um, whether someone got it at fi- or was diagnosed with it at 15 or they've had it since birth. It's very interesting to be able to share our experiences. And I feel like even though we have different um, rare diseases, we all have a very similar experience mm-hmm. that brings us all together. And I think that's very special. Yeah. Yeah. What does, when you uh, advocate, like, what does that look like? Like, how can someone get involved? Uh, I think the most important thing is just putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. I think um, just even going to these events um, or joining and 
uh, it's just so important being able to contact senators. Uh, you can do it with or without an organization, being mm -hmm. able to contact senators and House members, being able to know about the policy that you want to push and advocate for. Doing a lot of that research from home or with a group of people is so important. If you find those organizations that you can call a family, whether it's with a bunch of rare diseases or the rare disease that you currently have, it's so important to come together and be able to push, whether state or national, um, to be able to make the difference that you want to see done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that is an important message to to get out there because I think for a lot of people, they feel kind of helpless or the legislators don't necessarily feel accessible. But those yeah. are the the representatives of the people, and we can actually contact them. Yeah, and one of the things that they absolutely love is hearing the stories and the experiences. So even if you're not someone who's like a big or a great public speaker, someone mm -hmm. who doesn't know exactly how to write policy, if you're able to share your story and experience yeah. and as to why this needs to be passed, that is important enough. Right. Yeah. I think especially sort of like whether this is fair or unfair, I think especially a group like a coalition of young people who are directly affected by rare disease has a particularly striking impact. Um, and like there's... I don't know. There's, there's just policy will uh, affect them. Like future yeah, policy will affect yeah. them longer. And I think that's something that's very important, especially about how Yara is right now. Is the group of sixteen to thirty year olds, and mm -hmm. that's the next generation of yeah. policymakers, government people going through rare disease. So it shows the impact that these people want to see throughout their entire yeah, exactly. life. They're gonna go through this from forty, fifty, sixty years old. Mm -hmm. They're gonna need this so it's important for it yeah, yeah setting up infrastructure for exactly. our own future we and then like the people in your will be in that position later in their yeah, lives that's to help exciting new it's young like, policy so it's like a whole next it's uh, like exciting yeah imagine sort of this like senate filled with like yar representatives. Yeah. <laughs> um something i was thinking about when you guys were um talking about how like senators and stuff can feel really inaccessible um maybe this was rare disease week a few years ago i remember we were going into the senate because we were going on lobby day um with uh the rdla we went into the Senate and I was like like I think like you have to get like you can go through you, security yeah you gotta go through security you take off your coats like they scan your bag and um you know you walk through a metal detector but um you know I grew up right outside DC and so I've been coming to DC my whole life and I was like wait you can just walk in like I could just go to the cafeteria here like I could just do that and yeah like, um you know I've been living next to um I had no next to all either. of this like my whole life and I didn't know that you were able to like as a citizen and um, randomly walk in. Yeah, yeah like or just like a person affected I by these policies. That either. I um I live in like very rural New Jersey. I'm mm -hmm. three miles away from the Appalachian Trail. So going to cities in general is yeah. a completely new experience. So realizing how easy it was, like I thought I had to like show like proof of like I was gonna show like I have this appointment yeah, coming up. I, yeah. I thought I was like, no, you just have to go through security and I was like, okay. Yeah, so I was, yeah. like, it, and it was just like airport security in a sense where I was just like I just Yeah, yeah just, like looser because you don't need a passport or anything yeah, exactly, yeah. um and um i feel like it almost sort of feels like this like metaphor for the greater thing which is like you you can just walk in and see your like your senator and you can also just call them you know right. like there's yeah. like there's all of these things that sort of feel like you should have to go through this whole process to exactly. get there but like you are actually just allowed to pick yeah. up the phone and be like hey <laughs> that's i think yeah that's one of the aspects where a lot of things feel more intimidating or a lot more harder than they actually are um and that's something that i think um could definitely be 
a hindrance or a deterrent for some people um and getting out there how easy it actually is is so important because then it inclines people more to go yeah. out and say what they need to say and may see the change that they want it's like, empowering to know that yeah, how you accessible can it. reach out yeah, yeah. it's not mm-hmm. as hard as you may think exactly since you've gotten involved in, in YAR and, and advocacy and all of this and met all these people, do you feel like you've that's changed the way you've um, approached or discussed your condition in your quote-unquote real life, like day-to-day? Yeah, definitely. I've been more open about it. One thing that unfortunately happened a lot in high school when I did open up about it was a lot of bullying, um, which I, oh, I know does happen to a lot of people regardless of their rare disease. Um, it's just a very easy um, punching bag in a sense that um, it's just easy to ridicule the kid with the heart disease um, and everything like that. But that, that's what scared me a lot going into college. I was like, should I really open up about it? But now being a part of this, I'm very open about it. I'd say it's um, I'm more accepting of it as a part of me and I'm very adamant about uh, the policy and the um, things that I'm pushing. And in fact, I think being involved in this since being here has changed my entire career path. I originally went to college to want to be a high school English teacher. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to be going to graduate school in a little over a year and a half uh, for uh, public policy. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So I'm very excited to um, pursue this and be able to go to graduate school right now. That's, uh, that's the most scary thing right now. Nothing about my disease or <laughs> anything. I'm sure you'll do well. And I hope so. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it's something you know that you're passionate about. Yeah. Uh, since becoming like public policy, political science major, um, it's definitely opened my eyes. And being a part of all this has opened my eyes to seeing all the opportunities that I have to be able to make this difference. Mm-hmm. That's great. And I hope also that, hmm, I don't know how to say this that your peers have improved since middle school. Yeah, I think uh, better reactions. Of course. Yeah. I think in high school it's very, uh, a lot more social ladders. So everyone tries to just find the one thing that they can have over somebody. So if there's someone with a disease, it's like, Oh, well at least I don't have a disease so Mm -hmm. I can have that like social capital over somebody. But I think in college, everyone is a lot more open-minded and understanding yeah. uh, and I've found a very good community of people that I can call my friends yeah, good. yeah. I wish I knew like I feel like when you were in high school you're like yes this is how all social things work and it's like I feel like it's so nice that like when you get older you get to choose community more and I don't know that's something that like um it was referenced in one of the first um meetings um I forget mm-hmm. his name uh, from every life uh he had said uh like growing up, you think you what you have is normal until society says yeah. that it's not normal, and that's something like I grew up like I knew that like not everyone had heart surgeries, and like whenever I my parents um, put me in sports like uh, baseball or anything, they're like if you're tired, you have to tell your coach like you can't go any farther, like your heart like might give out, and I'm like mm-hmm. okay yeah, um, but I just thought like you know that's just like some sometimes kids go through this, and I was like you know it's pretty normal. And then, like, once I was, like, being bullied and everything, I was like, well, then, like, why did I get this? It's like, mm-hmm. what did I do, you know? Yeah. yeah. So what would be a piece of advice that you would give your younger self or someone in your position as a, still in their childhood or still in high school going through? I definitely think uh, to be able to embrace who you really are as a person, that's all aspects, not just your condition, and be able to be happy with who you are and no matter what, you're going to have a group of friends that will accept you and will care for who you are. And the people that 
are trying to put you down um, are more insecure about themselves and their situation in terms of whether whatever it may be. Um, so they're trying to like push their pain onto you, and it's not necessarily you or your problem. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wise words. Yes. It's not you. It's them. <laughs> um, and hopefully, hopefully, a lot of people will outgrow that, and that's not going to be constant yeah. for the rest yeah. of, of your life. There's, there's good. Yeah, I definitely there. think it was more of a uh, reserve for high school. Yeah. Right. And um, there's resources out there yeah. now that, um, which it sounds like, you know, you, you sounded like it was a little bit isolating before and now you've, you've met all these people. So if you're listening, you can check out RDLA and yeah, Global Genes. Yeah, where exactly, do people yeah. find you? Uh, or, or Yar. Yeah. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> where can people find I see, you? I sort of feel like I'm saying like, y'all, but like, <laughs> Yar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just getting in contact with any um, with anyone from the organization. We have a lot of social media pages that you can follow. Um, I definitely say get involved in any way that you can. If you don't want to get involved with an organization directly, you can still find many ways to be involved, um, both legislation-wise or just simply talking to your senator house or any um, state official or federal official. Awesome. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank no you. problem. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you for Thanks. inviting me.